All right, guys, welcome back into another podcast. This is going to be the first PGA DFS betting podcast specifically for betting. I'm going to bring in a buddy of mine. We met at the DFS Open a few months ago, right before the pandemic hit. And we'll kind of talk about that, see how life's changed after that. It was like literally a week after the pandemic hit and everything shut down. But we met at the DFS Open. We're both pretty strong golfers. I think if we're playing it, together next year or whatever whenever it happens again we have a chance of taking down the title uh, but we'll bring in ozzy here and he'll tell you a little bit more about himself ozzy how's it going good man how are you i'm doing well happy to have golf back that's for sure oh i know and life kind of came back to normal yeah like you were saying we met at uh dfs open just late february just for a couple days there a couple guys down there through this for the golf community type of thing and it was it was really fun and that's really the last memory i think either of us have of <laughs> just some normalcy like I remember just being in the airport it was crowded early morning like nobody had a care in the world just and then everything yeah just completely shut down so it's a little bit crazy but uh yeah I'm 26 years old from Toronto Ontario uh Canada for uh <laughs> I always have to put Canada in it at the end uh I'm in the college of sports media right now trying to get into the sports media landscape which is who knows what that's going to look like uh once this is all said and done because you know we saw the golf channel lay off a lot of people so mm-hmm. Whatever, whatever I can do to, uh, you know, get my foot in the door. And I think that you have an unbelievable product at 9 to 5 Sports that really gives a lot of value to people. And I know a few of your subscribers have been crushing it as of late. So I expect that to continue. And um, hopefully one of us can make that million uh, prize this week. That'd be pretty sweet. And you mentioned it. You know, I always try to go for the value. And that's pretty much what we always try to hit on here. Uh, one thing I do want to mention is that just our conversations at, like, the DFS Open and what was the tournament that was going on the honda classic the honda yeah yeah i was like i need to get this guy in nine to five a little bit just because i know you had the right sports mindset so knew we had to make something happen there but uh Hazi is a little bit uh more focused on betting itself where i'm a little bit more focused on drafting so i thought it'd be nice to bring him in for the betting content as well so we'll have a nice merger there uh for both sides there so we'll actually talk about betting in this podcast specifically uh for you guys that you know want that content specifically so i think we'll start off do you want to start off with the winners who we're projecting to win yeah i can i can start with who i like uh right off the top and the sports book i use up here is bet365 um it's pretty much i think i want to say it's legal pretty much everywhere except the united states so um do you want to do it in american odds or decimal odds like i you like using decimal odds but i guess for you no hey feel free to do that i think we'll have a pretty We'll have a pretty diverse, uh, you know, yeah, people coming in. So, uh, so right off the top, like uh, I, I lost some money on Kurt Kitayama last year during some European tour events, but I mean the guy's like five foot seven, and I was remember had him at the French Open last year where where he kind of crumbled in the final round, but uh, he lost in a playoff of the Turkish Open, uh, Turkish Airlines Open later in the year. It's like five foot seven, and he hits it three ten off the tee, so he absolutely crushes it, and I know. There's four par fives this week, and, he, uh, you know, there's some longer par fives, so I think he could be a real advantage. And a guy that shot seven under bogey-free to Monday qualify at 56-1 to one seems like kind of a steep price. But, I mean, in this field, uh, I mean, that's that's a hard number to pass up. Uh, a couple other that I like, Ricky Fowler. I, I mean, at, for me, an issue that I have with Ricky is that I, some people think it's not an issue, but for me to see him – at the end of a tournament congratulating all his buddies, it kind of seems to me like he doesn't have that killer instinct. You know what I mean? And eventually I would think him being 31 now, 
newly married, that he's going to start getting pissed off. He doesn't want to hear about how he's the greatest player to never win a major or one of the best players to never win a major or whatever. He has to turn around at some point. He's just too good. And again, like we're talking about with Kiriyama, like in this field, getting Ricky Fowler at 34 to 1, if I were to tell you that there's no Brooks, no DJ, no Justin Thomas, no Spieth, and getting Ricky at 34 to 1 last year, even at the beginning of this year, you'd be like, okay, click that right away. So, I mean, at 34 to 1, I, I, I have to take Ricky Fowler. I do then, have, real quick, I do have an interesting take on Ricky as well. It's uh, He's obviously the sponsor guy for this tournament, Rocket Mortgage sure. Classic. You know, they sponsor Ricky. Uh, last year, one of my takes was that I'm pretty sure that they chose this specific golf course so that Ricky could succeed. And so, obviously, I think that take still holds true this year. It's a course that Ricky Fowler should be able to go out and play well. So, I do agree with that mindset. If there was ever a tournament where things should click, it'd be this tournament. So, I do kind of agree with that. Yeah, and I know he was, you know, he's not with Butch anymore, so he's getting a new coach and a new swing. But, like, more and more time that passes by, you would think that he starts to to match the feel with the actual performance on the golf course. Well, we saw it with Webb two weeks ago, bounce back after the miscut. And then we saw it with DJ, who really struggled early on, you know, after the break and won last week. Why can't Ricky do it again this week? I think that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, these guys are just too good to not win again. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not the huge, I'm not, I think I'm, I probably dislike Jordan Spieth the most, but I mean, like, he is going to win again. They're just too good. Mm-hmm. They'll figure uh, it out. It's just a matter of one. Yeah. And I mean, and then my last guy that I like too, Patrick Reed at 17 to one. I mean, he shot 11 under at the Travelers last week with an opening round of 70. So, I mean, he, he mixes in a better first round and he's right in there. He shot a 64 to close. So Patrick Reed, I think is, uh, and it kind of seems like when he won at the WC Mexico this year that he kind of like appears out of nowhere where he's not really being talked about to win. And then he just, yep, he wins. And that's a, a stacked field. So again, I think the theme here is just that with a lot of the top guys not being here to get a number like 17 to one on Patrick Reed and 34 to one Ricky Fowler, I think those are much better bets than Bryson at the top of the board at seven to one or Webb at 13. Yeah, that, that's the big thing there. It's uh, I do think DraftKings-wise, if we're just talking about building a lineup, Bryson, Webb, and Hatton are the way to go just because I do think that they're more likely to make the cut, and that's really what you're looking for for making the cut. But just outright betting, those bets make perfect sense. Uh, you look at Reed, the reason why I'm worried about him on DraftKings is because his driving accuracy really hasn't the best. He's like below like 100 in the field. But – if he figures that out for one week, he should absolutely go off and dominate. And I, you know, I agree with that. And we already touched on Ricky. He could easily just go out and, you know, flip the switch and play like his normal self there. So I do like that call quite a bit. Um, do you have Kidiyama any? Too, he's top 30 in part five scoring. Now I know there's a smaller sample size cause he primarily is on the European tour, but he won the Oman open. Uh, like I said, he lost in the playoff at the Turkish airlines. He was in the lead for a majority of the fourth round of the French open for before Cole starts won it. So, I mean, like, and again, like I said, he hits it a really long way for a guy that with his stature, you don't think so. So again, with these longer part fives, uh, you know, I think that's a really good play as well. Yeah. My, my only hesitation with those guys coming over, I don't know if this is just me. I haven't looked into it at all, but it seems like it takes them a while to, I don't know, maybe it's get used to it. The, like, I, I don't know exactly how to phrase it, but coming over from the plane and whatnot, you see these guys eventually take off like Hatton, um, who's some other guys, Fleetwood and whatnot. Eventually they'll go off and dominate. I don't know. For yeah. some reason, it seems like it takes a little bit longer. You, you know, c- kind of touching on the same thing though. It, 
you know, like a, let's say a guy like Fowler or Fleetwood or Hatton, like I, I think these for the most part were guys that were can't miss guys growing up. You know what I mean? So I think they were playing in some big tournaments growing up and even at the early on in their career where they were used to having huge crowds around them. And to see like a guy like Kiriyama who just travels the world, takes the, the Brooks Kepka route, going to the European side. And like, I, I think that him not having fans or, or these guys that are coming over the first time, not having fans might not have that big of an impact uh, on them as you would think. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Actually, and I think that's kind of why we saw some of those older guys, those I guess plotters, if you will, have success last week is because they don't really need to get amped up by the crowd. They normally never have a crowd with them anyways. Um, I'll just go over some of the long shot bets that I'm looking at. Um, Like I said, I do think Bryson, Webb, and Hatton are the favorites for a reason, but betting-wise, I don't think there's that much return upside there. Um, So winners, I I think Doc Redman. I don't love it. I'm looking at DraftKings Sportsbook, so – Obviously, I'm looking at the American side of it. Hazy's looking at the Canadian side of it. So, plus 5,000 on DraftKings Sportsbook. I do like those odds. Uh, Brent Snedeker is an interesting play. I don't love him, but he does. He has played well in the Donald Ross courses before. He played well here last year. So did Doc Redman. He's uh, plus uh, 5,500. Don't mind that. Then we're going to get into some real deep ones. these ones worry me a little bit but mark hubbard is mark hubbard a canadian guy i forget no no no. he's from uh, i think he's from colorado okay i got you but uh i really like his odds um what is it one yeah here i got him at 125 okay. to one so okay so he, yeah he's 125 to one so is brian stewart who i like as well and then you got tim wilkinson and dj Trahan, who are deeper long shots than that. So all three or all four of those guys are guys that I think will go out and make the cut. And if they do make the cut, I think they have a strong chance to get a top 20 finish. And then obviously after there, you're really just trying to hope to get lucky with a long shot that like that. But I really think that someone like Mark Hubbard or Stewart could really push for the win. And I think um, we'll get into this a little bit later on, but I think Tim Wilkinson is going to be a strong top 30, top 40 bet for us. What do you think about Tyler McCumber? Actually, I'm just seeing for a long shot, 351. We saw in the first round, double bogey, and then he still shot 500. He went seven under the rest of the way. And then third round, he kind of fell off. But I mean, he was right there. And and, and, and in this field, again, to get him at 350 to one seems like a decent long shot. You could probably add him for a top 20 or whatever, just, just to cover your bets a little bit. You know, I'm pulling him up right now. I know last week he kind of uh, caught my eye and I, I didn't want to play him, just everything. Um, so... Because we saw that he took that late flight out of Jacksonville. He caught, caught the last flight to get up there. So That was a cool story. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking at stats. I don't know. He kind of worries me just looking at the stats. Um, he's okay in total driving and ball striking, which I think is going to be a huge factor in this uh, tournament. But his driving accuracy is what worries me the most. It's uh, around 200 in the PGA Tour. So that's kind of my biggest worry with him. I think I would rather go. Um, someone like DJ Trahan, I don't know if you looked at him at all, but he actually ranked out really well in my model. Uh, he's a guy that I think he shot uh, 67 and then a 76 the following day. So the low rounds are there for them, for him. If he can just, you know, bottom that up a little bit, I think he could go off and have a good week. Um, I've seen him have upside previously. He's a guy that should play well at this course. Now, if he does or not, obviously we're getting those odds for a reason. Uh, I actually have him on one of my uh, Millie maker lineups uh, and he was 175 to one to start the tourney. And now he's uh, down all the way to 125 to one 54th strokes gained off the tee uh, top 50 approach 
around the green, 107th, but strokes game putting, 63rd. Tita Green, 36th. Strokes game total, 29th. Sebastian Munoz. And he had, we saw he had a decent uh, at the RBC Heritage because I had an outright on Ian Poulter, and he was in the same group the opening two rounds. Uh, I think he shot six under the first day with strokes gained, lost putting. Uh, second round, kind of the same. So, I mean, if he can get some putts to fall as well, uh, I know he's a decent par five score. I think 125 to one, he's in the same price range as uh, Mark Hubbard. Yeah, I like those. So one quick question. We don't have to do like a specific dollar amount, uh, but when you're doing, does your betting change based on the odds that are presented? So let's say if you did want to bet Bryson, would you place the same amount of money on him as you would an outright? Or are you kind of mixing and matching with a target profit in mind? It depends. If, if, if I'm really liking Bryson, I might just bet him the only guy for the week and just up my total unit bet, right? Like let's say put a couple hundred or 300 down on Bryson. If, if I think that instead of putting it around four or five different golfers or, or I'll try to, you know, parlay him up kind of, kind of thing. Like there were some soccer games today. So um, I got Kirk Kitayama and Ricky Fowler. So I just try and parlay them up. I, I try and do something like that. But uh yeah, you know, you, you can get yourself in trouble, I think, if you're looking to hit a certain dollar amount. Yeah. You see the big odds and you're just like, oh, okay, 200 bucks. And, you know, he's 200 to one. That's 40 grand. It's like, okay, it's probably not going to happen. So, you know, it's just like anything in life. Like, let's say stock market. Like, you don't have to make all your money in one event or in one mm-hmm. stock. And that's what I've learned throughout the years that, you know what, if we just slowly, slowly keep at it, that eventually those units will, our unit bets will come up and our return will be greater. Um, because golf isn't going anywhere and <laughs> knock on wood, hopefully we're not yeah. going anywhere either. Yeah. Uh, dude, I agree with that approach completely there. Eventually those wins are going to come. If you stick to the correct processes, whether it's stock, whether it's uh, DraftKings, DFS, or, you know, betting outrights or just betting in general, I think that's the right process to have in place. Uh, yeah, one- and like I said, uh, sorry, just like I said, if you want to like, let's say you want to put 50 bucks on, you know, a long shot and he's probably not going to win there's no harm in just, you know, parlaying him up to like, for instance, Doc Redman last two weeks, 225 to one. He's 40. I got him at 46 to one here. You got him at uh, 55 to one in DraftKings Sportsbook. Like if that's number, if that number is too low for you and it's not high enough, you know, if, if you want to mix in some, some soccer games or whatever the case may be to get him back up to the 225 number, then go ahead. You know, there's no point in putting four X the, the initial bet to get him back at 225 to one. And, and if he doesn't win, you're down, a lot more than you want it to be. I, I like that approach. Uh, one thing in general with Doc Redman, since you brought it up, is uh, DraftKings Sportsbook has had the top 30 and top 40 bets. And the last two weeks, I've had Doc Redman as kind of an easier top 40 bet. And I think that would be the route to go if you actually had a number that you want to hit on a week. Obviously, we just said that's not the way to do it. But if there's like a specific goal that you had in mind, top 40s are a lot easier to hit. Sure, they're not as profitable, but the dude was like plus, I think it was like 200. I'd have to double check that. And we'll touch on the top 30s and top 40s here in a second. Let's uh, segue into the matchups though. I think there are, I know on Monday, there were some nice matchups that I was seeing that we could really attack. And typically those are a little bit easier. Sometimes, sometimes they can bite you if someone eventually goes off, but we'll hit on that. So does bet, is it bet 365? Sorry. Yeah. Bet 365, bet 365, whatever. Yeah. So what do they got for matchups? Is it group based or is it player based? Um, I think you can get both. Just get it quickly. Yeah, you got 72 hole group betting, 72 hole match betting. You got top American, top European. You can do top continental European, hole in one, top. So there's a lot of different things yeah. you can do. 
do you want to do like head to head or do you want to do, I know a sports book, DK sports book has tournament groups. What are you looking at? Or is there just a certain bet that you're seeing that you think we, uh, people should go for? No, I, we can do 72 whole ma- match bidding. Um, I, I think people like that more than just a specific round. Cause you know, there's uh there's more chance for your guy to catch up if they're behind after one. I agree. Yeah, let's do that. Uh-huh. Here I got, uh, sorry, just the first thing that catches my eye quickly, Bezayden Hood against Glover. Glover's two to one. I, I kind of like Glover uh, just catching that off the quickly. Like Bezayden yep. Hood hasn't played in a couple weeks. You know, South African Lucas Glover, he's, he's been playing a decent as of late. And, and at two to one, I don't see why he's an underdog to Bezayden Hood. Yeah, I definitely agree there. I would definitely take advantage of that. That is pretty strong. Right there, Lucas Glover, what, three straight top 35 finishes, really decent stat fit. Uh, sure, he's priced up a little bit on DraftKings overall for PGA DFS, but his, for that, that matchup, I'd definitely roll with that. I, that's a good one. Yeah, and uh, for like the outrights, like we were talking about, if you want a specific guy, you can even parlay, and I'm sure it's the same on, on DraftKings, you can parlay head-to-head matchups. So if you don't want to take Brayson at 7-1, to one, you could parlay three or four head-to-head matchups and get 10-11-1 on your odds. So. If you want to go that route, that's a possibility as well. I, yeah, I agree there. Um, I know on Monday they had some really easy ones, and they kind of switched it up here on me uh, for DK Sportsbook is what I'm looking at right now. Uh, I got fun. Doc Redman here, even money against JT Poston, and the guy that, you know, came second at this course and in this tournament last year and, and you know, shot a, again, lost strokes gained putting, but in the final round shot a pretty easy 63. Um, so Doc Redman, even money against JT Post, and I, I like that number a lot as well. Yeah, I would agree with that. On um, DK Sportsbook, uh, him and it's him versus Varner. They're both uh, minus 112. So yeah. I think I'd roll with Doc Redman, but I do like Harold Varner a little bit. I don't know if you saw the tweets. Uh, him and Scotty Scheffler are pretty much the same play, but yeah. their odds and price point are pretty different. So just – Overall, I think Harold Varner is not getting the respect he deserves price point-wise, and he has shown a little bit better recent form. And, and, and to be honest, if we're looking at just to backtrack on the outrights a little bit, like Doc Redman's 45 to 1 where I have him, you know, Harold Varner's in 150-plus, and, and they're realistically the same player. Mm-hmm. They're they both are. very good ball strikers, but they just both can't putt. So if I'm going to take both very good ball strikers and one guy that can't putt, I'm going to take the guy that's 150 to 1. Um, but yeah, and we, we saw Harold Varner, it seems like, you know, he crumbled at the PGA with Brooks there in the final round, but we saw him, you know, triple bogey opening hole at, at, at the colonial and, and fight back to shoot. I think he shot five under or four mm-hmm. under at the end of that round at, when it was all said and done. So obviously his mental fortitude is there where it maybe wasn't in years past. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. And, you know, he's a guy that has shown a bunch of upside. So if you didn't want to bet him for an outright, maybe just the top 10, I think you'd have obviously not as good of odds, but still that's, you're going to get a nice return there. Uh, one, that I, one that I'm seeing here is Brian Stewart versus Tom Hoagie. Uh, same odds as the previous matchup. I'm taking Brian Stewart all day on that one. I think he's set up really well this week. Now, the problem with the play like that, just in general, is that everything is aligning with him. And that's typically when you know, they <laughs> miss the cut. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's too good to pass up on this week, just across the board. Yeah. Batting, a guy who played, and yeah, a guy who played decent last weekend, a guy that was played well here last year. So, I mean, if you're going to get that, you know, Tom Hoagie wants to go out there and have, you know, a 2017 or 2018 Sony Open or whatever when he came second, then so be it. But, yeah, I mean, course history, you're taking Brian Stewart all day long. Yeah, more times than not, that's going to happen. Uh, 
fun fact for the people that didn't see the YouTube video on uh, Monday, Brian Stewart played golf 30 minutes away um, in college. So I think that is, there's something there. He should be a little bit more familiar at the course than some of these other players as well. Yeah. You know, that's kind of really all I really like. I don't really think matchups are something that you should really go out and attack aggressively. If you see one you like, then yeah, attack yeah, sure. it. But yeah, I think we could uh, move on to, I'm going to go to top 40 and then we can work our way back. We can pretty much just say, Hey, I like this guy to do top 40. And then we can say, if we like them to do 30 and 20, because pretty much if you think they're going to top 40, you're pretty much saying they have a strong shot to make the cut. And if they make yeah. the cut, they can get a top 20. Anything can happen. Yeah. Yep. So I'm going to start at the bottom of the list pretty much here. Uh, so I'll start with DJ Trahan. So I don't like this too much, but uh, plus uh, 450 on DK Sportsbook. Like I said, I do think he's going to make the cut. And he's one of those guys that if he does make the cut, I do really think that he could go off and have some really huge upside. He's a little bit iffy if he'll make the cut. I'll, I'll admit that. But I do like those odds. And like I said, this would be a play where I don't mind him uh, to get a top 20. So I'm going to pull up his top 20 stats real quick as well. Let's see those. So those are 1,600 as well. So pretty solid odds right there. Ben Taylor, too. I'm, I've played golf at the same golf course he was uh, in Florida where he was working on his game the last couple of years. And you, you kind of see him always – it seems to me that every tournament that I just – where I think of Ben Taylor and, and see what he's doing it, it seems that he's doing okay or that he's going to make the cut. And he has the same odds as DJ Trey, uh, DJ Trey on here at five, uh, 5.5 to one to uh, make the cut. Yeah. I don't mind that right there. That's pretty solid. See, that's, there's a lot of guys lower down where I do think they are going to make the cut. It does seem a little bit more even this week. It's kind of like last week. Yeah. And I mean, and you were talking about too, with, with your stat fits, like Bryson at seven and a half to one to win or DJ Trahan at five and a half to one, just to make the cut. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, That's exactly what, and one is more likely than the other. So. Yeah. And, and we, we saw the books kind of adjust to it. Like we keep bringing up doc Redmond, but past couple of weeks, 225 to one, and now he's at 50 to one. It, it seems like the books do a really good job of adjusting to the guys to win, but the top 40 or the top 30, their top 20 numbers are not really as focused on because they know that people like to bet on that huge number. So again, like guy like DJ Tran five and a half to one seems like a way better bet than taking Bryson at the top for seven and a half. I agree. And for one bet that I would, I wouldn't lock in, but I really liked Tim Wilkinson quite a bit. Um, he's at plus uh, 335 on DK Sportsbook to top 40. Uh, I'll pull up his top 20 numbers as well, but he is grading out really well as a play for me uh, this week. Uh, top 25, according to my model this week, he really doesn't do anything poor. We saw him in the future group last week, which I don't know if that hurt or helped him at all. Um, he did have <laughs> like a really bad double bogey. I remember seeing, but he finished one. Yeah, exactly. That's dude. I've been seeing that a ton on the tour. I'm like, you know, these guys are looking a lot like I would do really, honestly. Like I remember Hideki, what, two weeks ago is putting. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I could go out and play almost as good as this right now. Cause this yeah. putting is just horrible. Just give Still me a putter, Hideki. Bunker shot OB. Yeah, exactly. I did like your Phil. I liked your Phil call last week. I didn't want to pull the trigger. I I had him at 140 to one to win. After the first two rounds, I was like, "This is looking good," but then just (laughs) completely went in reverse in the final two rounds. Uh It's so frustrating. I'd rather him just go 74, 74. See you later. Miss the cut. Like, don't give me any hope. He does that too. 
whether it's in a round or just a tournament, he, he gives sure. you that hope. But uh, Tim Wilkinson, plus yeah. 1,000 to uh, top 20. He's one of those guys that uh, five of his made cuts have been uh, top 30 finishes or better. So obviously, you know, we're, we're giving that a little bit more, but to top 20, to top 40, I think that would almost be a bet that I would lock in this week, especially at those odds. Yeah, and I agree with you. And, and you know, you have to take this with a grain of salt, obviously, but I'm assuming Ian Baker Finch is friends with him because he was saying on the broadcast that, you know, Wilkinson is one of those guys that works really hard on his game. You know, one of those just range range guys that just beat balls for hours and hours. So, you know, it could definitely click one week for those guys if, if they're just on a range on a Monday afternoon or, or a Tuesday afternoon before the tournament and just find something that clicks. They, they could definitely make a run. So I like that one a lot. I agree there. So for top 40s, where I guess where would be your stopping point? Would it be plus 200, plus 100? Yes. Is there a stopping point? I mean, I think you want plus money for sure. Like, uh, like you know, mm-hmm. the last guy here, you know, Brant Sandiker starts at uh, plus, I think this would be plus 120, 2.1 decimal odds. He, you know, Varner the same at 2.1. So yep. uh, I, I like both of those guys for sure, top 40. And and we've seen, you know, Brent Snedeker, multiple winner on tour, Harold Varner. Um, you know, he, we've seen him in positions where he could, you know, re- really, you know, he's, he's right there. He's Saturday final group at the, at the, uh, at Colonial. So Norin too, at, at uh, 2.15, I saw that he was actually, uh, I, I looked him up and uh, he was a really good par five scorer. So I don't mind taking Norin at plus money there as well. Yeah, I, I like that approach. Um, that makes perfect sense. But I do agree. Once you get to not being plus, then it's not as worth it. Uh, one bet, just real quick, Brian Stewart, if you were to place, let's say, $30 on him, you could win 75 at his current odds. And that's just the top 40. You know, that's something that I do like quite a bit. So, you know, there's a lot of these guys on when I'm doing PGA DFS analysis where I'm like, these guys are probably going to make the cut. Obviously, their odds are, you know, lowered here. Maybe instead of trying to fit him into a build where I might not have as much upside, let's just go on and bet these guys. Like Mark Hubbard would be another example of that as well. So if you guys are looking to kind of just an easier way to make a profit, I think that'd be the route to go. And hundred percent, like you might think that 30 bucks pays 75, like, Oh, it's not a big deal. That, that's almost four entries into, into a Millie maker. Exactly. And you're paying for, you know, a buying and a half. So, I mean, over time, that's going to, your return on your investment is going to potentially net you that two or three extra entries into a, into a contest. And that could be the difference between you making six figures, seven figures. Right. So in the long run, it's going to matter. If you want to do like a parlay with like five of those guys, obviously they're not all going to make the cut, but a majority of them will maybe one week that hits and you win big. So I think that would be a strategy we could possibly do. Is there anything else that you're seeing here? Uh, Top 40 or just anything else? I'm not seeing, I don't like his odds to top 40, but is is Jason Day ever going to turn it around? Or because mm-hmm. he's, I think to win, he's he's fifty six to one. Let me see quickly what he is here. Just since I'm on DraftKings Sportsbook, actually uh, fifty to one. Like seems like he around the green, he's fantastic, great putter. He he's got a he's another guy like Fowler where he's just got to eventually put things together. Yeah, and. I think he will eventually. I think I'd have to look back at his results, but I'm I'm pretty sure last year he went through a really rough patch and then kind of bounced back for a few weeks or a month or so. I think he's just 
he's going through a rough patch once again. I know he's had those back problems, and yeah, exactly. that's kind of really hurt him again. But we don't really know how much golf he's been playing. So he's one of those guys where we do need to keep an eye on. And if his salary stays this low and he makes a few cuts in a row, kind of like, I guess, Jordan Spieth or like Ricky, for example, once their salary starts to get lowered, it's not going to go too much higher than it currently is be something to you know hit on i know we're talking i keep saying salary but odds it's kind of goes hand in hand the odds for yeah, jason for sure. would be there as yep. well we saw doc what did he have a thousand uh thousand dollar increase on DraftKings this week oh man it's been insane so i will say this for i've been doing the write-up the last three events for like top 40s it was doc redmond and it was matthew naismith the past three weeks now obviously uh matt naismith he screwed us last week but still <laughs> you you hit what is that four out of five weeks or four no five out of six plays where they hit it and that's pretty yeah. solid yeah do you agree do you do any top five or top 10 betting because i feel like you're not getting as good of odds for that i think i'd just rather do the outright winner what are your thoughts on that yeah I, usually i like to uh to to stress and get some white hairs come sunday with with the outrights but I think if I did some more top 10 and top five betting that I would actually make more money in the long run. Um, but like we were talking about with uh, DG Trahan there about being five and a half to one, just to make the cut as opposed to seven and one, uh, seven and a half to one, excuse me, at the top. Scotty Scheffler, I know, you know, he bogeyed two of the par fives on Friday to miss the cut, but that's another guy that's seven and a half to one uh, to come top five. And, you know, he, he's another guy who's, who's a tremendous ball striker and he almost won early in the year at the American express. So, if he can just get some more putts to roll in, um, you know, that, that's a guy who could be there come Sunday. Harold Varner at 11-1 to 1 as well. You know, we talked about him. He, he's been playing very well this year. Um, speaking of uh, Donald Ross, guys, I see a lot of guys liking um, Siwoo Kim this week. Well, what are your thoughts on Siwoo? No, no, I just – I really don't think I've ever played Siwoo Kim a, a single <laughs> week. And PJD, if I just one of those guys where I never could click it because yeah. either he's priced up too much or he's just in horrible form and that just doesn't mix well with me for you know my purposes yeah yeah he either just completely misses the cut or has one good round and then you never know but will gordon too we saw that uh he drove to <laughs> he drove to michigan from connecticut after that nice four hundred thousand dollar um paycheck he's at 17 to one to come top five my, my only concern is with guys that you know maybe take their foot off the gas a little bit. Like he knows he secured his card for the rest of the year. He doesn't have to use sponsors exemptions. Uh, you know, that's the only downside I would see to betting Will Gordon to, to, for a top five again, because this field, the strength of field is just not there. Mm -hmm. Any other week with, with more of the top guys, I, I would not even think about it, but a guy at 17 to one to come top five who, who just came top three. And speaking of guys who are mentally there, like Harold Varner, I mean, Will Gordon had, a pretty abysmal third round and came back with, I think he shot with 64 or 63 in the final round and he missed a three footer for par on 17. So obviously he has it mentally to, to be, you know, a decent, decent play this week. Yeah. And that's just one of those guys where mostly I just like to monitor to see how they do round one and round two. And then maybe there's a bet there or something we can do on the showdown slate to, you know, potentially play them. Um, yeah. I, I like to see it, you know, one more time, but obviously that's why his odds are where they're at, but he was playing pretty well. That is a guy that we could keep our eye on for sure. But other than that, like the, the names that you brought up, 
yeah, I, I agree with you wholeheartedly. Like, you know, Adam Hadwin took took the week off last week. Every time I bet on Adam Hadwin, he just What are your thoughts on him this week? Because I want to do like a top 20 bet or something like that, but his odds really aren't that good. And he's a guy that typically doesn't finish too high. He's just a cut maker, which is great for DraftKings, but it's not good for betting. Yeah, exactly. Like I had him at the Safeway earlier in the wraparound season at the end of last year where, where Champ won and he made a late surge there on the weekend. I think he came second or third that week. But, yeah, I just consistently see, you know, I it, to me it's just shocking that I see he's one of the best putters on tour. But to me it seems like he's, he misses a lot of putts inside of 10 feet that it's like, oh, come on, just to get your round yeah. going where he's just – and it seems like he, he pars a lot of par fives too. Yeah, and like I said, if you're not getting – you're not even getting good odds on him to win the tournament. So, top five, you have him here at 12 to 1. That, that doesn't interest me at all. Yeah, Hadwin is so interesting, though. Just how good of a stat fit he is this week, but like we're not even thinking about betting him to win. It's it's pretty crazy. I mean, he ranks out top five in my model this week, and I'm not even thinking about betting him to win. It's pretty crazy that that's kind of where we're at with him. Yeah, exactly. And you're a guy that's more of the fantasy side, like, and you talk about all the time about he's more of a guy that you would put into your lineup than than to bet an outright on him because. You know, if he makes the cut, he's probably going to be at a decent position and, and he could probably score fairly well for you. But as an outright bet, yeah, it's just probably not the way to go this week. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like this approach because, yeah, for me, I'm the DraftKings, you know, PGA DFS guy where I'm focused on getting six for six across the cut line. Yeah. And also, also, I'm a little bit looking at upside where you're kind of more the opposite. Yes, you want them to be a good staff fit and to make the cut, but you're also looking at the full picture of, hey, can this guy go on and win? and what kind of, you know, return on investment in this player I can get. I think that's going to be a solid thing for this podcast going forward. And you had a nice little rate win uh, at the start of the year again with your buddy Berger. Daniel Berger. So that is the thing. Like, I don't think it's hard to nail down the winner. Um, I'd have to look back at the thing I posted on Twitter. I think it's only been five times in a full tournament field event where I haven't had the winner. It's just narrowing down the player pool or betting card into picking the winner. Um, But it, Let's just put it this way. If you guys are nine to five uh, members on the website and let's say you just want to place a dollar on everyone in the player pool and hope that one of the longer shots wins, that's, that can happen. You look at Tyler Duncan, he won and some other players. So that is something you can do if you want to go that route. Well, yeah. And, and Berger was 60. I had him at 67 to one to win the, the Charles Schwab. So yeah, you're 50 guys at dollar. You're up money at the end of the day. It was, so. the, it was a pretty nice run there. Hatton, uh, and and then burger and then obviously the players championship so that was a fun run yeah and and i feel like sometimes us like when we better when we're doing dfs that we we try and make it too complicated like we saw burger uh when we were watching the honda classic there in 18 if you look you know he was just his form was incredible Mm -hmm. before the layoff and then when he came back obviously wins him form absolutely incredible Shocker, he wins. Hatton, again, form incredible, wins. Like sometimes we want to overcomplicate things and look for, I guess, flaws in certain guys. But you know, Berger again, I think he has half of his half of his starts are top ten finishes or something like that. So I mean, it's just ludicrous for guys not to just, you know, sometimes just keep it simple and go with that approach. Yeah, and the nice thing about those guys is that one, their odds were decent those weeks, um, and their prices on DraftKings were pretty nice that week, where there was return on investment for sure. Yeah. Either way. <clears throat> so, any last words before we wrap up the podcast? Any thoughts? Man, I just, uh, I really like everything you said. I think that uh, 
I think there's there's some good value plays. Like I like that Trahan one a lot, just just in terms of the odds, because it's like more or less the thought process of it yes, too, for sure. I, I like, agree. Like yeah, we we saw Bryson talk about how sorry Donald Ross. A lot of the bunkers are like 290 yards, and he's looking to fly them over. But like at seven to one, just too many things have to go right um, for him to get it done. A guy that we didn't talk about for an outright just quickly at the end, Sung Jae. I know he hasn't played great these last couple of weeks, but again, I keep talking about the strength of field. Like Sung Jae, after winning the Honda, and, and he, he he is a birdie machine to be at twenty three to one. I like him over Hovland at nineteen to one. That's for sure. Yeah, and he kind of goes back into the same characteristics of Webb. You know, missed a cut the week before, and then one and then DJ struggled, you know, before and just one. I think Sanjay M is right online with those two. Yes, you want to look for someone that's in good recent form, but some of those high caliber players like Sanjay, you know, if he goes out and win, no one's going to be surprised at all. For sure. Yep. I agree there. Um, so my last thing, I am more of a top 40 better, as you guys can see. Hazi focuses a little bit more on, you know, the upside, and I think that's going to be a great thing for this podcast going forward. If you guys want to parlay those or, you know, just kind of pick and choose, you guys know what kind of players you are. Those are the kind of players we are. You guys can, you know, refine your game around what you think is best and what you guys think is working, and then go from there. Obviously, if you're trying to do the outrights, eventually they'll hit, but just know they're not going to hit as much. If you're doing the top 40s, they should hit, at, you know, statistically more, but you're not going to win as much back. So just know what you're trying to do with your game process. And there's no, there's no shame in you talk about all the time just mixing and matching too. Throwing some outrights, throwing some top 40s, some top 30s, and – you know, more times than not, at the end of the week, you're going to come out ahead. Yeah, I think I think knowing what you're doing and knowing your game plan each week is a big thing, especially in DFS or just in betting. So I think that'd be the route or the thing I want to preach for in our first podcast and kind of going forward. Now, should we do a one and done type thing or like a one bet? I think that'd be pretty solid. Like, yeah, we can do a one and done. That'd be cool and keep a total, uh, keep a tally for the end of the year. Yeah. But I, I kind of want to do like a hybrid. So I think we'll do an outright winner. And then because I like the top 40, we'll do our favorite top 40 bet. Sure. And then okay. uh, we can alternate, I guess. Like if you want to go first for outright, then I go first for top 40 and then vice versa. Okay. Give me a so second. Same guys. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. No problem. So the odds have changed a little bit since Monday. I always do like a Monday write-up for yeah, yeah. the odds that I like here. So, And, and that's a skill on its on, on its own that, you know, being a member at something like nine to five is crucial is that, you know, do you click on that number on Monday or hope that, you know, it drops a little bit because last night Kitayama was 46 to one. And it's like, I'm not playing him at 46, but this morning he's at 56 to one. So it's like, okay, some books adjusted, look at how, what other books have them priced at. So, you know, you know, 10 or, or 12 or, or even five points one way or the other is, is massive on your potential return on investment. Mm-hmm. Uh, so a perfect example of that was was two weeks ago i can't put drawing a blank who won two weeks ago no can't uh, web so web web was on the monday write-up uh i really liked his odds for that yes they weren't great but then uh wednesday came around and his odds got worse so i took him off the betting card but he was on the monday one yep. just it, you know it comes back to the odds thing return upside all right so i'm struggling here i want to go a top name for the first one so that it pans out pretty well but I'm just going to do it. I'm going to go with Brian Stewart. I, I like him. Uh, what odds are you showing there for but 365? For Sorry, for Brian Stewart? Yeah, for outright. Outright. Let me click. His I'm showing plus 10K on uh, DK Sportsbook. Brian Stewart is – where is he at here? Where is he at here? 
Well, I got too many Brian's here. I know. I'm sorry. No, no. Brian Stewart, 100 to 1 to win the Rocket Mortgage this week. So let's say if you want, I don't like to put a number of price point down because everyone has a different uh, yeah. amount that they can bet. But just for example purposes, um, I'm going to do $5, whatever. Um, yeah. You would win 505. So yeah. you're making 500 profit, mm-hmm. which is uh, got to work a lot of hours at whatever your job you're at probably to make 500 bucks. So Exactly. It might not seem a lot in, in the grand scheme of things, but it really is. Yeah. And like I said, I don't, I don't know what other people are betting. Some might have a, you know, higher floor. Some people sure. might have a high ceiling in what they can bet, but bet what you can and go from there. Sure. Uh, okay. Well, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to take Bryson. I mean, I know we, <laughs> talk about, we talk about the odds not being great, but this, this, you know, this field is just by far and away the best player and uh, off the tee he's just showing that the wins are going to come and they're going to come in bunches. I think, um, I know we're going to obviously do this in the future, but you know, I love him at the U S open and the masters this year, just the guy who's just going to be absolutely ripping driver. Uh, it's going to be a little bit cooler in Augusta come November and he's going to be hitting shorter irons in the part fives and the U S open with that rough, just having wedges as opposed to guys with mid iron. So, and again, strokes gained off the tee. Bryson is, is, up there and and he's just obviously going to start rolling in those putts uh often yeah. and and quickly and then this year, he just he might he might run away with this thing he could literally at the end of it be like you won by 10 and you would be shocked i like that call for the u.s open i do and he's a guy if he clubs down he's going to be accurate anyway so it doesn't yeah really exactly matter. i like that call so you're going for the shorter odds trying to nail it on the first one i like that and then i'm going with the longer odds trying to get lucky i like that <laughs> and they both have merit this week though because we talked about you know Stewart last year played well at this course so that's mm-hmm. it's not as crazy as people might think no exactly they're deep odds for a reason but he does have the upside to potentially go off and win um and then so top 40 bets i already mentioned this one but tim wilkinson i really like that i think that's going to be a strong one uh i do think typically top 40s are going to be the way to go if you guys want to make a steady profit you know if three out of four of those guys make the cut they're most likely going to get a top 40 for you that week if you bet five dollars on him you're going to win 21 dollars. so you know that could add up obviously if you're doing top 40s you can try to bet a little bit more, but just kind of throwing that out there. Uh, and I touched on him earlier in the show about how much his odds were dropping. I think Sebastian Munoz, um, you know, we saw him make that huge putt at the Sanderson Farms, I think it was, to go into a playoff with with him, and, and then he eventually triumphed in the, in the playoff. So he obviously, you know, has what it takes to potentially win. And at 2.25 to 1, if you throw five bucks down, it pays you, pays you 11 bucks, whatever. And then if you wanted to put five bucks on him outright, at 125, that's going to pay you, I don't know, probably close to 700 bucks. So, mm-hmm. you know, if he doesn't win, but you land the top 40, you're up, you're up a cool buck. So exactly, you're winning your money. No, you're winning your money back. There's yeah. nothing wrong with that. A break-even no, week not. is perfectly fine. Those are almost just as crucial as a profitable week because sure. it, yeah. yeah, it keeps you going for the following week. So yeah, I absolutely agree. Exactly. All right, guys, that is going to be it for today's podcast. If you guys want anything to add to the show or if you guys thought you liked it head over to twitter and just put it in the comment section of this podcast i'll have that linked on twitter so check it out uh thanks hazy for being on guys we'll catch you guys next week